Take two. <laughs> Welcome into another episode of We're Talking. Today we're talking football with JT Crabtree, voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. So, <laughs> how are you today, JT? I'm great, man. <laughs> For those who wonder why we're laughing, uh, I, the first time we tried this, I said, voice of the Georgia Southern Jaguars, which, which there is no such thing. We we com we combine some some good stuff. <laughs> so man, sorry about that, but no, it's yeah, fun. All good man. All, all right, good. I know we're here to talk football, but I'm gonna ask you real quick. We're both baseball guys. Anytime you get a chance to talk baseball with a baseball guy, you got to mention something about baseball. You're Atlanta Braves fan, if I remember correctly, yep. and they're battling the Mets. How how are how is that going right now in your mind? Yeah, it's it's going pretty good. I'm a little disappointed that uh, when the Braves tied them for the lead, and um, a couple of days ago they didn't really hold on to it. Now they're back in second place, but um, still, it's a good race. It's a competitive race. Um, it's something the Braves haven't had to deal with the last couple of years, so it's it's been fun. You know, it, it makes these games down the stretch in the regular season mean a lot more, which is nice. It keeps me glued to watching more baseball at the end of September than I probably have in the last couple of years. Obviously I'll watch the postseason, but um, getting these games down the stretch here, like the Braves are on a West coast swing right now. They're playing the giants as we speak uh, just came off a really good series playing against the Mariners. And you know, that's a series that never happens. And now the Mariners are competitive too. So that's been fun to watch. So it, it, it's been good. It's Yeah, I, I I spent the uh, part of the morning. I, I love this time of year because you have day baseball. Uh, but unfortunately, my Reds got spanked again for the fourth time in a row by the Pirates. First time since uh, 1991, they lost four in a row at home to the Pirates. But no, I've got the uh, the 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 Padres and the and the Mariners on right now. So okay. day baseball is a great thing. Yeah, yeah, I so. love day baseball. Um, I miss. Um, having all the Cubs games on WGN so I could grab the, the Friday afternoon game yep. every single time they're at Wrigley. But uh, yeah, anytime there's some baseball, it's a good time, right? Absolutely. Well, let's get back to football. This is what we're here for. Sure, that's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, let's try, you know, I, Jay and I talked about this on, on Monday night when we recorded. I really, with all the big wins by the other teams, I think your game kind of got lost in the shuffle uh, up, up at uh, – up at West Eastern Michigan, Central Central Michigan. Damn it, one of those yeah, directional schools. schools. <laughs> yeah, which we were one at a time, so I, I really shouldn't be complaining about them. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you guys. I mean, the the you really dominated them, in my opinion. It was it was not as close as as the uh, as the score showed there. Carter Bradley, I was about to call him Bradley Carter, 26 for 42. Is this what we're going to see out of the Jags now, throwing the ball? Yeah, yeah, this is it. And, you know, you guys saw him last – or saw our passing attack last year with Jake Bentley and Jalen Tolbert. Uh, now it's Carter Bradley and Jalen Wayne and Colin Lacey, not Georgia Southern Colin Lacey, but uh, the receiver – um i laughed on the broadcast about that every time every time his name was said i was like ah 
I felt so, bad for him too when they came to town last year. Uh, our Colin Lacey was hurt, oh. and they were like, "Well, that's half of our broadcast material. What are we going to talk about now?" But, <laughs> um, you'll see them. Uh, DJ Thomas Jones are tied in, mixed in a lot. It's it's a pass heavy offense, but what's new this year is Ladamian Webb at running back. Um, he actually gives us a balanced offense, more of a balanced offense. Um, he's been really good. He's got two touchdowns in both uh, the games we've played so far. Had a 30-yarder to really kind of put the cherry on top early fourth quarter last time out against Central Michigan. Um, you're right. You know, I, I really think that the final score doesn't really indicate how well we played last time out. The final was 38-24. At one point, we were beating them 31-7. And yeah. it didn't even really feel like it was that close either. Um, really... We really controlled that game the the whole time. It felt like uh, the the first quarter alone lasted almost an hour. Okay, it was, it was a long game, um, but just the the way we played on the road is something we haven't seen here in a really really long time. It's the largest margin of victory on the road since we beat Troy in seventeen by eleven points. And before that, you have to go back to 2014 when we beat App State. And we I think we scored 48, 49 points on them that year. Uh, we, we've been really bad on the road historically. And so to handle our business against uh, a really good group of five schools like Central Michigan was, was pretty darn exciting to watch this weekend. Yeah, 350 yards passing, then 181 yards on, on the ground. And to your point, LaDamian Webb, uh, 20 carries for 95 yards, very balanced attack. The only thing that I could see, you know, I watched the majority of your game before I had to go to ours. I was early on, I was watching the Georgia state, North Carolina game. And then when, the, when that looked to be getting out of hand, I went to your game and then I happened to check the score of the Georgia state, North Carolina game. And that went to 24, 24. So I went back to it, I, but I guess if I had to, nitpick i guess is 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 the word i'll use if you have to look at something that south alabama is struggling with and it may they may not because of when it's happening it may not be but the 19 penalties is that is that cause for concern yeah a little bit uh you look at what we had last year we really weren't a heavily penalized team i don't know the number off the top of my head but we were pretty clean in terms of penalties last year, and this year they've mounted up pretty quick. Now, first quarter against or first half against Nichols, we got called for I think one false start. In the second half, with some of the younger guys in there in the twos and the threes, that's where those penalties started to pile up. Now, this past weekend, a lot were um, were pass interference penalties that. If we're playing with Sunbelt officiating, probably aren't called. Um, there was one call for sideline interference where we had a guy. They were being sticklers about everything on the sideline. Even our photographer with the dotted line, if his knee was on the line, they were telling him to move back. Wow. Um, but even like Kane Womack couldn't stand in the white on the sideline. And typically they're okay with the head coach being there just no one else. They called us for a sideline interference because on a play, a running play away from our sideline, a guy was blocked out of bounds and one of our guys was standing in the white and he grabbed him when he was pushed out of bounds just to hold him up so he wouldn't fall down. We got called for a penalty for that. 
Wow. So there was a lot of nitpicky stuff. Um, but overall, I, I would say, yes, we, we do need to clean up the penalties because there have been a couple of times where, especially on defense, you look at the 24 points we give to Central Michigan, you take away probably three of those penalties and two scores don't happen. So, Well, not that it make you feel any better, but I think we had nine penalties in the first half of our game against Western Michigan. Wow. So, but, um, no, I just, I, I was just curious about that. Sometimes penalties when they happen, you know, coach, uh, Desmo, uh, Desormo spoke about it on, on his presser that, you know, it, it's the aggressive penalties. He, he doesn't mind, you know, where, where sometimes pass interference is a good thing mm-hmm. because in college it's only 15 yards. And if the guy's 40 yards downfield and wide open, you know, Take so out, man. exactly. <laughs> so no uh no but those are those are the types of things that are uh no i i just wanted to mention your game before we got into everything else because i really think that uh traditionally the mac has been a very good conference in the cajuns game and your game uh were kind of not the only reason our, our the cajuns game was mentioned on the sunbelt was because of our win streak and don't get me wrong I, I don't know if they've got someone new at the conference office, but I think they are doing a great job right now on social media, getting, getting information out on, 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 on all the teams. Yeah. So hundred yeah, percent. I mean, especially, I mean, look at what the, the three power five wins this past weekend. I think even before that, just overall information about how good this conference has been recently, especially in football has been, it's been a really good job on the conference. Absolutely. So I got to give out a shout out to the Sunbelt Conference for them. Uh, before we get into the big game, so uh, how big of a, a, a win? I, I know this sounds kind of weird, but how big of a win was that for Texas State at, at FIU? Yeah, it's big. You know, you look at what they did last year with FIU. I'm pretty sure they went to overtime. But uh, I, I'm really um, sorry I had an ad playing on my computer. I was trying to figure out where it was coming from. That's okay. I um I I'm really impressed about what Texas State was able to do. They, that's a game, honestly, with a program like Texas State that they should win, and they have not been doing that recently. So it's good to see them trending in the right direction. I know Jake Spavadols, their uh, their fans are probably getting a little impatient with um, the pedigree that he had and all the talk coming in that he's going to quickly turn this thing around and. Uh, rightfully so at this point you know with the facilities the location just the amount of kids they should be able to recruit to san marcus you've been to san marcus yep. Craig. it's it's a great place that place is awesome it's if, a, I, if i had a second place to live it would be there yeah it's great it's an awesome little college town um and so the fact that they haven't had the results they wanted so far is a little surprising so to see them win against FIU and handle their business like that, I think is a, a step in the right direction for them. Well, Calvin Hill, 28 yards, uh, 28 attempts on for 195 yards. Uh, I don't think we've seen that out of him in the past. Now, again, it is FIU, one of the bottoms of conference DOA. So let's not get too excited here. <laughs> conference DOA. I like that. <laughs> Sorry. I got to dig on there every chance I can, you know, oh, well, in two weeks, we, we've got your boys from Ruston coming to town. I'm sure that won't. Well, I, oh, I will tell you that I will be your biggest fan <laughs> for the uh, against the dog killers from Ruston. So <laughs> I'll explain that one later on. 
So wolf, wolf, wolf on this. So you better take him down. All right, moving on before I get in trouble. <laughs> it's my show. I can't get in trouble. You can do what you want. That's right. Screw you, you Louisiana Tech fans, if you're listening. Freaking dog killing son of a. All right, we'll stop there. Um, how much, uh, how big of a surprise, I guess, would be the would Coastal struggling against Gardner Webb? Yeah, a little surprising. Um, I, I'm not sure what exactly happened there, but you look at. You look at the box score, I mean, obviously the 31-27 score is like, what was going on? What was immediately to to me in my mind, it's almost like what was going wrong for Coastal? Not necessarily what was going right for Gardner-Webb, you know, but you should handle your business with an FCS, but it took a touchdown midway through the the fourth quarter for Coastal to put them away. I mean, Gardner-Webb was legitimately beating them. Yeah. So I, I'm curious what was going on there. You know, they, the week before they handled their business with Army, they had a sellout crowd. Um, I know the crowd wasn't great for the Gardner Webb game. Yeah. You know, no, 12,000. Right yeah. It's, you know, it's about, about a little under half capacity for them. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what's, what's going on over there. I don't know if, Gardner Webb just had a, a great game plan, just caught him off guard. I, if there's a a hangover effect from having the 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 big crowd with the Army game, and you were kind of looking past it, um, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. Coastal's Coastal's got well, they've got Buffalo this week, so yeah, you're not looking ahead to an opponent necessarily. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, Grayson McCall, you know, you, if you tell me he's going to throw for 22 or 30, 308 and three touchdowns, I'm like, okay, they win easily. But it looks like, I mean, uh, their their best rusher only thirty five yards on the ground. But Bailey Fisher for Gardner Webb twenty seven of thirty seven for four oh three. So it looks like if you're going to be coastal, they don't have the defense that they had in the past. They don't have the mullet in the center. So you know, they're, they're it looks like somebody's going to be able to throw on them. And once you start throwing them, I've got to believe that if a team like the Cajuns or even or, or South Alabama or some other ones, we'll be able to just turn around and run on them after that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm curious about. That's a good point about the guys in the middle with no Silas Kelly, no Teddy Gallagher. Those are, I mean, that's the heart and soul of their defense. They're, they're, that's the Mullet brothers. And yep. those guys aren't there. So I'm curious. We were able to pass on them pretty, pretty effectively at the end of last season. Uh, we took them to overtime and came up just a little bit short. But, I mean, they gave up almost 450 yards through the air and only 47 on the ground. But then you look around on the other side, Gardner-Webb held Coastal to 46 yards rushing. That, that, that's, that's what was a little bit stunning to me. And, and yeah. it seems like Coastal's always had a very, uh, at least a decent running back or to a very good running back. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised. I mean, Reese White is still there, C.J. Beasley, but they still – couldn't get anything going. And even too, Gardner Webb was winning midway through the fourth after having five turnovers. So I, that, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. It's definitely something different. But JT, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and get to the other three games uh, that were big for the Sun Belt and take a quick look ahead at uh, next week. You've been listening to We're Talking with JT Crabtree, voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. We'll be back right after this brief timeout.
Welcome back into We're Talking. We're talking football with JT Crabtree, voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. Um, all right, let's start with the the first game of the day, I want to say, was was the Notre Dame-Marshall game that ended. Is that correct? Well, we're, uh, well we'll talk that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I, I can't remember which one finished first. I, I know uh, 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 Georgia Southern and Nebraska were later on in the day. It was Marshall finished first. Yep. Okay. So were you able to catch any of that game or was that was going on the same time as your game though? I caught the like last half of the fourth quarter. Uh, We, you know, we played up in Mount Pleasant, but we flew out of Lansing. So it was an hour South. Yeah. So we had an hour bus ride. So I caught the last little bit of the game and I'm sitting there with our, uh, some of our creative guys on the bus watching the game. I'm like, are they about to pull this thing off? And at the time when I turned on, they were up by 11. And I'm like, holy cow, like Marshall's got a shot. And then they drive down, you know, Notre Dame scores, don't get the two points, and then get nothing after that. And it's like, holy cow, these guys are actually pulling. I mean, we heard so much about Marshall last year and how good they were and whatnot. And they're still doing what they're doing right now with uh, without their running back. His name escapes me right now, but they're still, that's their best guy, hands down. He's not there. So it's it's pretty impressive. Now I know you know Notre Dame's had his inj- had its injuries with their quarterback, and you know I, I understand what's going on there. But still, just Marshall handling their business was was really darn impressive. You know I couldn't find the game originally when I uh, looked for it on TV here, and then when I went out to our tailgate area, uh, we we were able to find it there, and 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 probably about the same time you, you turned it on, I was able to turn it on because. Actually, I think I left for our tailgate after your game ended. So okay. uh, I caught a lot of the same same stuff. But, no, it, it was a game that it seemed like uh, you're right. Notre Dame may not be Notre Dame-ish, but still, they don't lose to a whole lot of G5 schools. No, they could. don't. I mean, they remind me. They're, they're better than Central Michigan. But that's what I think of when I think of Central Michigan in terms of the MAC is against their peer teams, they don't lose a whole lot. And yep. definitely the case with Marshall. Um, I wasn't sure how coming to the Sun Belt that would translate. And, you know, they had their their big matchup with, with App State renewing the rivalry last year and whatnot, and it was on national television. Um, I wasn't sure how quickly they'd be able to make an impact. But, man, I, I did not expect. The, the three upsets that happened, this was probably the, the one in the middle that I didn't expect. You know, App State beating Texas A&M, not out of the question after the way they played week one. Georgia Southern, holy cow, against Nebraska. But, you know, this one doesn't totally surprise me, but I'm surprised at how effectively Marshall was able to do it. They they handled that game. They, they led it the half and didn't look back. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, Marshall team. Actually, the Cajuns played them in a bowl last year, so – very familiar, but again, the running back escapes my name, uh, my my thoughts here. But they, they're a very good team, and I'm a little shocked too. I, I thought I thought they would compete, but I didn't think that because uh, before this weekend, I really thought the Sunbelt Conference East was head and shoulders above the West, top to bottom, and they may and they're probably still 
a better half. But I think your game really proves something. But at the same time, I think Marshall is better than what I expected. Yeah, so yeah, I, I really think so. And uh Rasheen Ali is the running yes. back we're forgetting about. I, I, I agree. You know, I think they're better. I was a little surprised. Uh preseason poll, they were what picked fourth behind yep. Georgia State, which that surprised me, but I think they're I think they're gonna get better as the season goes, honestly. And so it's it's really impressive uh what they're doing right now. I don't know where Coastal's gonna fall into this. I think without a doubt, App State's the best team. Yep. on that side right now uh but jmu's been playing well um you look at what they did to middle tennessee and then you, you don't put a whole lot of stock into that but then you see what middle tennessee did to colorado state this past weekend yeah um that might be a better win than we thought that that east is tough man we, we knew it going into it but seeing these results now is it's scary yeah jm uh, jmu beating middle tennessee another conference doa team that's uh, always good. I think those are games. And I think I discussed it with Danny a lot. And I know we talked about it probably in our first one. I think those are games that the Sun Belt has to win against peer conferences, especially the Mac and, and, and conference DOA. I think we need, and we need to take advantage of those opportunities. Unfortunately, the American will not play us as much as, uh, as some of the other conferences. Same thing with Mountain West. Mountain West is probably a scheduling issue with travel more so than not wanting to play yeah so we've we've played san diego state we played them for a home and home and okay 15 16 but uh we played air force in a bowl game but obviously that's not scheduling yeah um, so yeah I, I mean we're going to ucla this weekend but we never really go past the state of texas for anything exactly well good deal uh let's move on speaking of the state of texas then App State heading down to Texas A&M. You said you thought they had a chance. I'll be honest with you. I thought maybe a 10% chance. I did not give them. Out of all the games, the big games, I really thought Texas A&M was just, was just the mighty SEC and big and bold and and kind of uh, – and I, I don't want to say fell fat on their face because that's taking things away from App State and what they did, and I don't want to take anything away from them. But no, – Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, um, I'm really – I'm pleasantly surprised. You know, I, I gave – like you said, I gave them a shot because I watched almost the entire game against UNC. I mean, 40 points in the fourth quarter against well, a P5 is stupid. And, and that's where I thought they would get the letdowns also yeah. going in. But what's what's really impressive, too, is you look at what they did with, you know, they've they've got Chase Bryce. You know, he's been playing college football for forever at quarterback. They've got Cameron Peoples. They did not have Nate Noel this weekend. He didn't play. And he's arguably better than Cameron Peoples, and he ran for 112 yards. And so you put into perspective that they probably they didn't have probably their best, maybe second best offensive weapon, and they still did what they did on the road and a hostile environment. It's it's really impressive what they've been able to do. Um, this is to me when App State joined the league in fourteen, and obviously they had their huge FCS success. This is what I expected. I expected them to come in and actually dominate the league and be the kind of top tier team on that side year in year out. Now they've been either at the top or close to it every single year, but 
They've had some scuffles back and forth, but they're running through teams right now. And I know I, for one, I don't know what y'all schedule is, but I know I'm very happy that we don't have them on the slate this year. We don't either. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) You know, you know, but if you tell me Chase Bryce goes 15 for 30, 140, 134 yards, I'm like, there's no way in hell they're going to beat Texas A&M. But at the same time, and again, I, I think it had to do with, I, I don't think of North Carolina as a power team, somebody that's up there as a Clemson or an Alabama or, or even a Texas A&M for that matter. But their defense, after giving up gazillion points a week before, puts their quarterback, leaves them at 13 for 20, 97 yards, and a total of three running backs for 89 yards. I was not expecting that. I expect the offense. I expected another shootout. I did not expect this defense. Just 180 yards of total offense given up is that's that's scary. I think that's maybe the most scary part about what App State was able to do was they completely shut down what honestly should probably be a top 10 offense in the country. Yeah. They absolutely dominated them. So that you're right, Craig. That was absolutely impressive. All right. Now the one uh, I'll be uh, again here. I'm trying to look for, here we go. Um, You know, what is, what has gotten into, I know what's gotten into Georgia Southern, (laughs) but Kyle Van Treese, 37 for 57, 409 passing. Did you ever think you'd see that out of Georgia Southern? (laughs) No, never see that much passing offense from a Georgia Southern team. I know they always say, we haven't been an option team for years. You've still been a running team. Yeah. Not a passing team. That is ridiculous. I mean, rightfully so national player of the year or player of the week, but I would never have expected 56 pass attempts. They didn't do that in a season. Sometimes (laughs) that was crazy. But now, you know, to their, to their credit, 236 yards on the ground, 132 from Gerald green, and then uh, uh, 87 from Jalen White. So, I mean, they're doing what they need to do. But at the same time, you know, e- even there, uh, you look. I, I mean, if you tell me that they give up 318 yards passing and 260 yards, 268 yards rushing, I'm going, they don't have a chance to win the game. But they managed to find a way. And you were probably on the flight for that whole game. Uh, no, actually, I caught the... Uh, God, maybe like the last five minutes at the house. Okay. I, um, yeah, I, the, the varsity app wasn't working. I was trying to actually get Danny on the radio. Um, yeah. I couldn't get it to work. So I had to wait till I got to the house and turn on the TV and Nebraska had just taken a lead. Georgia Southern's driving and I'm sitting there watching it with my wife. She's like, why are we watching Nebraska, Georgia Southern? I'm like, yeah. do you see the score right now? Do you see what they're about to do? They were at the five, and it was the play when uh, Van Trees ran the ball in for the go-ahead touchdown. That that game blows my mind. And I know the big question around the league is probably a little twofold of, is Georgia Southern that good, or is Nebraska that bad? Um, Probably a little both. I mean, obviously, Scott Frost is gone now after that game. Um, So... Yes, we knew Nebraska had issues. I don't know yet how good Georgia Southern is. I mean, they put up 45 on the road 
at a Big Ten school. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious to see when they get into league play, how they stack up against everybody else, too. And and I think it'll even be harder because of what we talked about. You know, they have App State. They have Coastal Carolina. They have Marshall. You know, they have those guys on that, Georgia State, which is always – and even though for them it's not a rivalry game because they consider App State, especially in football rivalry, it's – there's still a lot of animosity there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they've got – they go on the road to UAB this weekend. That's true. So I, I think that'll be a pretty good test. That should be – again, that's a team that – as a Sunbelt Conference, you should win games like that against UAB, especially us. Folks down here, we hate UAB. Yeah. So, I didn't realize that until I oh, started talking yeah. to you guys, and you're like, oh. I'm like, whoa. There's, so It's pretty salty. It goes back to 80s and 90s, actually, a basketball rivalry Yeah. with uh, with old Gene Bartow. Oh, I forgot about that. They, they, are both, were they both? They were in the Sunbelt as well? or They were, yeah. Yeah, and that's so, right. That the those great teams that we had in the eighties in basketball, it was always us falling just a little bit short behind Gene Bartow and UAB. So when we got to play them a couple of times in football, it was pretty salty. We played terrible in both games. Yeah. Um, but like they they always tote that, you know, we're we're the the next big school in Alabama. And I was like, guys, you weren't even you you closed your program six years ago. Step off the horse, please. <laughs> I'm at to change the episode name to we're talking football to we're talking baseball, basketball, <laughs> and, and UAB. No. <laughs> no, I love I love to find those rivalry because I forgot about I so a lot of people don't realize the Sun Belt existed before a football conference. Yeah. yeah I mean it's good. It's good too with Old Dominion being in it in the past, but like when Charlotte, VCU, and Jacksonville, Jacksonville were in there, yeah, that was some that was some tough stuff. Uh, South Florida was in there for a little while too. That was a good basketball league, and I and I'm in. Uh, wow, and you're bringing back some memories now. <laughs> so, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, UAB this weekend is going to be a good test for them, and they're on the road, so which is good. But uh, very happy for Georgia Southern and, and everything that, uh, you know, a new football coach comes in and sometimes it takes a little bit and it may still take them a little bit, but that, that's, that's a, that's a, that, that could be a defining mo moment for their program. Yeah, it really so. could. I, I think so. So before we let you go quickly and uh, oh, uh, Old Dominion, Old Dominion, Virginia, is there a, is there a, chance there for them i mean i don't think so i i think and it's funny because we in our pregame show we do like a pick em segment we do like okay a college game they have a guest picker and we picked this game actually today and i don't think old dominion has a shot in this one you know they they beat virginia tech already but they were at home it's first game of the season there's so many unknowns on both sides Old Dominion really fed off that crowd. I, I I agree, but I just Virginia lost to Illinois. Yeah, Virginia's really bad. They are. They're so, they're terrible. That's but why I'm I, asking. I, I so. don't I don't think they're gonna sneak up on them. I think they snuck up a little bit on on Virginia Tech. I don't think that they're gonna let Old Dominion come in there to their place and do what they did to Virginia Tech. I I don't think there's any way that they win that game. 
Okay. Arkansas State, I think, played better than what was expected, covered the spread at Ohio State. Yeah. A chance against Memphis? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, they'll be competitive for a little while, but I think Memphis will pull away. Uh, there's just there's so much still that Arkansas State's got to figure out. You know, they brought in so many guys last year, and they they looked really bad last really bad last season. Um, I, I think it's going to take another two years for Butch Jones to really kind of cement what he's trying to do up there for it to take take a take effect. But I I, I don't see them pulling that one off in Memphis. I, I agree with you. Um, I I. I'm trying to think if there's anyone. I mean, Marshall plays Bowling Green, but Bowling Green was in the ESPN uh, bottom 10, I believe, or waiting. Uh, Northwestern State heads to Southern Miss. That should be a win for uh, Southern Miss. If not, they, they're really going to struggle. Yes. Um, Texas State, Baylor. Hey, congratulations on the win at FIU, but <laughs> Baylor's not FIU. You're going to collect a check. Just yeah. go do what you got to do. Exactly. And Baylor, uh, I would have, if I wouldn't have seen and watched the, the BYU Baylor game, I'd have probably said, uh, Texas state has a chance because they played them well the last couple of years, mm -hmm. but man, Baylor is good. So, yeah. um, last one, this, this, this is one. And, and, uh, since we talked a little basketball, you know, uh, five, six years ago, I went out to, uh, the Cajuns played UCLA in basketball, uh, got to meet Bill Walton, one of the greatest moments in my life. I mean, cool. I've I met, I, I've met Michael Jordan before when he was in college. So again, uh, great moment. Uh, I'm not, neither one of them, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people as far as NFL quarterbacks and everything, Merlin Olson, I could go, you know, Deacon Jones, uh, I could go on and on, but Bill Walton was probably because it was post-career. Michael Jordan was still in college, but it was fun because I was, I was in college as well. So it was, it was great talking to him down on a corner of Bourbon street. No one recognized him. <laughs> so, but, uh, Bill Walton and I are, are you know, we talk and, and then my uh, buddy of mine tags me in a tweet and Bill Walton and says, did you get to meet Bill Walton? And did he have a tie dye t-shirt on? Well, before I could see it and respond, Bill Walton responded. Yes, he did. And yes, I did. And I'm like, <laughs> I took screenshots of that and everything. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm Bill Walton famous. Yeah, so. that's fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> so my point there is enjoy your trip no matter what happens. Uh, but let's talk about that game right there. Um, UCLA, I don't think we really know what UCLA is either, do we, in my opinion? Uh, I mean, they've played, they're 2-0, they're 2-0, but they've played Bowling Green, and obviously we've seen how bad they are so far this season. And they played, uh, they played Alabama State this past weekend, and oh, yeah. they handled their business with them. So we haven't really seen them have to pull out all the stops. Um, Darian Thompson-Robinson actually said earlier this week at their presser, he said, look, Coach Kelly pulled us out early. There was speculation that he was hurt. And yeah, he, he rolled his ankle or whatever, but he was fine. But he said, yeah, we're beating them so bad, Coach just pulled us out. Like, okay. They have not shown anything. Um, 
and obviously we've had, we had to show a little bit last week with Central Michigan, um, but we're we're really going into this, especially on the defensive side. UCLA has a new defensive coordinator. We're really going into this thing pretty blind, um, which you know it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, we're actually going out there a day early. We're leaving Thursday. We're gonna take the guys go see the ocean. Um, we're gonna do a walk through at the Rose Bowl. Um, I think they're actually going to do a little bit of practice too at USC. Um, and then they're going to take the team and go uh, see some sites. They're going to enjoy the trip, um, which is cool. Because, I mean, shoot, how many times are we ever going to say we're playing in the Rose Bowl? Probably not a lot. No. that I mean, it's awesome just from the history and everything else. And obviously you want to win the game and you're going to do everything you sure. can to win the game. But – I hope they all enjoy to what you can enjoy without, you know, partying and everything else. Enjoy the history and, and take take that in there. What yeah, what I'm looking I'm looking oh. forward to it. It's my first ever trip to Los Angeles. Oh man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to pack in as much as I can in two days. I've been out there a lot and it's fun and I enjoy it. Got to play uh golf uh along the Pacific ocean there. Amazing, amazing, amazing golf course. So it it was, it was fun. And I I wish, I I wish you all the best, but before we get, before I let you go, what, what do the Jaguars need to do? What, where do you think, uh, where, all right, for lack of a better term, let's forget about what you have to do. Let's say offensive defense. Where do you think you have to be almost perfect on? Is is that a, I mean, is that a valid question on that? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think really the the biggest thing that they've got to do is contain Darian Thompson Robinson, their quarterback. Um, he's you know, dual threat guy. He can run really well. Um, that's where our chief concern is. They still do a lot of motion stuff. It's a Chip Kelly offense. Yeah. It's not quite the the blur that they used at Oregon, but they still have some elements of it. But really, if we've done a really good job of shutting down the running games for both teams with Nichols, that was one of the best teams in the FCS at running the ball. We held them under, I think, under 70 yards rushing. And then Lou Nichols last week for Central Michigan led the country in rushing yards last year, and we held them to, I think, 20 yards. So we've done a good job of shutting down the run. It's just how are we going to do when we stop the run and then you've got a quarterback that's mobile too. We haven't seen that yet from our two opponents. So I think that's going to be the the really big thing is if we can if we can slow down as everyone's calling him DTR, if we can slow him down, I think we got a good shot. You know, uh do yourself a favor if you've got the time, ask uh ask uh Ask your SID to get a hold of their SID and see if you can get over to Pauley Pavilion. And the baseball, oh. their baseball stadium is right next door. Uh, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's called Jackie Robinson Stadium. I know they have his number retired on the wall. But the interesting part uh, I find about that is uh, I think Jackie Robinson batted 098 for them, 097 in the one year that he played. <laughs> So he played one That's year awesome. there. No yeah, he went to junior college before he went there and was a long jumper. His brother ran track with Jesse Owens. 
uh, came out uh, second in the 1936 uh, Olympics said in the 200 meter. Okay. So the family is very athletic and his, his wife is, I think you could call her a genius. I mean, okay. ha has her master's and I believe her PhD worked at the Einstein Institute uh, for a while as well. Wow. So amazing family. If you get a chance to read about them, but do yourself a favor, Get your SID to call their SID, get in the Uber, and if you can make it over there, even if it's just for 30 minutes to an hour, it's worth the trip. Okay. All right. So, I'll, I'll definitely – I know we're we're going to the Rose Bowl to set up at some point Friday. I know that's not on campus, obviously, but – Right. Maybe I'll tell the Uber, hey, don't go back to the hotel. Go over here instead. It, 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 it It's worth the trip. I mean, I, in my opinion. You're, okay. you're, you're a sports guy. I know you'll love oh, it. Yeah. So awesome. Well, JT, thank you so much uh, for your time today. And in the short notice, we'll try to set this up on Mondays. I was, it's kind of been a scrambling thing for me. So I apologize. Oh, shoot. You're but, good, man. The, the, this week is nuts for me too, with uh, us leaving a day early. And so, you know, typically I meet with our coordinators every Friday to do a pregame interview. And I did it today as they were walking off the field at practice. So, this week's all been kind of crazy, so I'm glad that we could uh, we could squeeze in a little time and hang out. Absolutely. Please tell Mr. Schultz hello. I will. I yeah. will indeed, man. And you've been listening to We're Talking. We've been talking football, basketball, baseball. The only thing we didn't get into is music and bourbon. But that'll <laughs> be next week before the Jaguars uh, come to Lafayette. We'll have that discussion. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>